Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Haw. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Here come the Bulls with Levine. Line to the lane. Levine to the rim. And the finish with the right hand. A Zach attack to the right. Ayo Dosumu to the rim. And the finish with the right hand. I'll tell you what. He navigated his way off the bounce all the way to the rack. Tempted backdoor cut from McDermott. Dribble drive. Kobe. Drum, two-handed slam dunk. Andre Drummond with a double-double, number six on the year. The pass recovered by Derek Jones Jr. Turn around, no, another pull-down rebound, and a dunk for Andre Drummond. Put him in the hall. Put him in the hall of fame. The two bigs with double-doubles, Boots with 22 and 12. Dragons to Drummond again with a two-handed slam. Oh, my goodness. Andre Drummond eating some big-time rim at the UC. San Antonio will put it in play, and this ball game is over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. 128-104, and a great fourth quarter by the Chicago Bulls. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Put him in the hall. Put him in the hall of fame. On 670 The Score. Eating some big-time rim at the UC. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Wow, the Bulls are one game away, Mr. David. Tonight's the night they could hit 500. Morning, Mully. Yes, how about that? Where did that come from? Where has that been all year? Yeah. They are on a little bit of a roll. Good for them. Andre the Drummond was Andre the Giant. Yes. Goodness sakes. I believe he was nine for nine because every shot he took was either a dunk or a bunny. <laughs> he, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. He dominated the paint. Oh, boy. It was like uh, man among boys. It was one of these things. Like, what, what's he What's he doing? Who is that? You know, Where's I, he been? I've struggled to remind myself that the San Antonio Spurs aren't very good. And I don't want to just say that that game – was due to the fact that the San Antonio Spurs are not very good. But the Bulls did dominate. I, I, I thought Vucevic had a really good game, too. I mean, not as spectacular as the slam dunk contest. That, uh, <laughs> That's what it was. That, oh, it was incredible. It was. It was it, a dominant big man performance by Andre Drummond that, that you know, dragged you back 15, 20 years in the NBA, 20, 25 years in the NBA. You're right to point out and to – Keep in mind that the Spurs are now 14 and 40. So Pop has himself a rebuilding project on his hands. I don't know that he'll be there when it's finished because it looks like he's checked out a little bit. He's just accepting what's happening in front of him, understanding the reality of it. That said, we have seen too often this season the Bulls toy around with bad teams and get themselves right. beaten. Yep. 
They didn't do that last night. They were as sharp as they've been, and they didn't need to have everyone even play in the fourth quarter, let alone contribute in a way. Which is great when it was you great. got back-to-back games, right? Yes. You're going to go down to Memphis tonight. You're going to play because uh, the Grizzlies and John Morant is going to be active, apparently. You and need laser focus. You need around. Well played. Hey, that's a scary story down that there. That is a really it's, weird story. It's a bizarre story. The Pacers, uh, there's an NBA investigation, apparently, yes. because the last time they were in town, they dealt with uh, a post-game altercation, 15 to 20 minutes in terms of an exchange with Pacer players and John Morant's entourage, according to The Athletic. And then they had a report of a laser on certain player person or Pacer personnel that they were convinced was a gun. Yes. That's crazy. That's a crazy NBA story. There have been a lot of crazy NBA headlines this week. That's, that's the most bizarre. Real, an investigation based on you know, somebody being targeted in a post-game altercation? Craig, come on. How does that happen? I, 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 um, I was downtown one time. I was going <laughs> to the Billy Goat, I think, after work. And some, some slappy in, a, in one of the high-rises was aiming a laser at us in the street. So you're, like, walking down the street, and suddenly there's a laser oh, on your be, chest. It would be frightening. Oh, yeah. And we all, like, split up in serpentine shell, serpentine. And, and like, you could... You could almost hear them laughing. Um, But let me tell you something. You know, no joke, man. I mean, remember the – was it in Maryland where they – in Washington, D.C., where they had the sniper, all that stuff? That was the most famous incident, but there have been others. And, yeah, you're right. That's That's nothing to laugh at or dismiss. No. And certainly the Pacers didn't. So whatever the case may be, whatever the explanation is – they took it seriously enough to warrant an investigation. We'll see where that goes. But, yes, the Bulls head down to Memphis tonight. Um, and hopefully for them, continuing the kind of run that they're on. This is, they're fun to watch when they play like that. And I know the opponent has a lot to do with that. But they were as good as they, they, they should have been, finally. That was, yeah. that, and then now you start to wonder, you've got the trade deadline on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Everything we thought we knew about the inconsistent Bulls, and you got to blow them up, I think we said a week ago, and everyone kind of agreed in Chicago. Now what? Now what? Well, I, you know, I, I mean, they, they have the same problems that they've had, and it was really interesting to hear um, Greg Popovich kind of speak about the modern game of basketball. Uh, I know he had his funny exchange with Sam Smith, he was sitting down, and, and that was great stuff. But then he got behind the podium, and he, he got serious talking about the proliferation of the three-point shot in the game and, um, and the way uh, – he says that he finds the NBA boring now because it is so focused on three-point shooting, and he doesn't believe it's going to change. There's been talk about taking the – the uh, shot from the side, making the the three point line an arc, kind of at the top of the key to open up, uh, you know, so you don't have to defend the perimeter uh, on each side, and changing the game a little bit because the three point shot has changed things dramatically. And Pop says that that it's it's you know obviously there to stay because when you look at it, you are. Um, 
you know, the all of the analytics will tell you that you got to knock down threes. That ch- exchanging threes for twos. So he said all this, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, like this is the Bulls, right? They they don't have three point shooting. They did not get any three point shooting in the off season. And the fact that they got a rim protector and a guy that can dunk, that you know, Andre Drummond has been that his whole career. It makes you wonder. Well, he's fallen out of favor, or he did before well, he did. recently. Yes, and he was a did not play coach's decision several times in a row. I don't know the exact number, but the bottom line is Billy Donovan had gone to other lineup combinations using those metrics, looking maybe deeper than necessary. Because the Bulls, they, they are a throwback team. Right. It doesn't mean it's it's the right way to go about it, but it is the way they're going about it. They have DeMar DeRozan, and they have the kind of team that Pop lo- sounded like he was longing for, a team that would have been perfect uh, 15, 20 years ago. Maybe not ideal now, but th- there again, you wonder now since they are on a bit of a run and they maybe are accepting who they are, do they go out and they add – rather than subtract or dismantle because they feel like if they could just get some shooting, if they could just space the floor, they could add an element that they lack. And then what? So I wonder what conclusion they will reach. My sense is that this little mini run will play a role in their thought process because they're not falling apart at the seams. Right. They don't look as mismatched as they did even a week ago. And I think that stubbornly maybe – AK looks at it and says, oh, we can maybe add something to this mix and who knows what. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that, but I do I do think that's probably the way they're leaning this morning. I think it's really interesting to look at what what is going on in terms of, okay, if they win tonight, if they win tonight, it'll be their longest winning streak of this season. They've won three in a row, and that they have done that earlier in the year, but they've never won more than three in a row, which that's that's really a bad sign, frankly. That That is inconsistency to me. Mm-hmm. If you're a good team, you win more. So tonight they could get to a four-game winning streak, and they could be 500 for the first time since early November. Now, you know, does that influence your thinking if it's Tuesday and the trade deadline is Thursday? I- I don't, I don't see how it can't. I, I don't see how you I, I ignore that. I don't see that. how it can. I think you have to ignore it. I think you know who you are, and and now as you get closer to the trade deadline, all of a sudden you got okay. guys that are rumored to be gone playing better against bad teams. I, I just can't get too over my skis about it. Well, I, I don't, And I don't mean I, to I be don't, cruel I don't think about that it. I'm getting just, over my skis. It, let, let me explain why I say that. If you're a young team – and you are not quite sure of what direction you're headed and you're trying to figure some things out, and you go on this little bit of a run after a spell of inconsistency that's defined your season, I think you might be playing with fool's gold there. And you might be more inclined to ignore the recent run of success. But I don't think that's the Bulls. The Bulls are full of veteran guys who aren't going to change their style and who have largely disappointed the first half of this season the first part of this season, so they think that is maybe the aberration. That is the that is who they uh, you know, are, are done being. They're no longer going to be that team because they're now starting to play in the way that they know that they can. So when they have veterans like that, theoretically more predictable, 
they may lean into the fact that now they're starting to play the way they should. If we add to them, it will be better. And this is who we really are, not what we've seen the first couple months. Okay, so I, I saw that uh, Darnell uh, Mabry in The Athletic uh, said that, by my math, the Bulls are 34-42 and 42 since last season's All-Star break. So I think that number has to be on their mind, too. The, the problem, obviously, Lonzo Ball is gone, hasn't come back. There's no timeline on whether he comes back. So you look at the team that you put together, and effectively, since he went down, they're 34 and 42. That That is, to me, like a good look at a season, and that would tell me that this is a flawed team, that there's no point in I, keeping together, especially I, with Vooch heading to free agency, especially, like, what are you going to do? You I, better have a plan moving forward. I, I would definitely understand that, and I'm not advocating for them – to, to embrace the status quo and add a shooter and take your chances because I still think they're, at best, a team that's going to win one playoff series. At best. Right. That how, that's how this group maxes out, Is I believe. Is that a play-in series or a playoff series? Not sure. I, I don't know about the so specifics. They, they I, get into the playoffs. I, my, my point is that I think if they max out with this group, if they add to this group, the best they can hope for is to advance one round of the playoffs. Maybe, maybe a playoff series, period. But I don't know that if that's ambitious enough for this regime. Because here's, here's the problem that I think you encounter. You, everything that I said I think is valid in that they believe they've underachieved and now they're starting to play better. Let's take our chances and stick with this group as, as constituted. But you risk getting nothing for Vooch in a trade where you got fleeced. So now if, if you let him finish the season and go into unrestricted free agency and get nothing in return – I don't know if that's maximizing your assets. I don't know if that's good NBA business. Right. So you've got to keep that in mind as well because forget about the chemistry aspect that we're trying to strain to see and 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 magnify some of these, these good moments now. You've got to keep it in the back of your mind. You're about to let a guy you traded for two first-round draft picks out the door for nothing. Can you do that realistically? Right. Uh, well, uh, and Should I, you? Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good conversation. But I, I also think – that you have to be able to – well, you shouldn't. So, now, is there any value there? Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think that you need to make your decisions based on a much longer period of time than, hey, we finally – look, we've won three in a row. We can win four in a row. Well, oh, my God, there's no way we can trade anybody. I, I think you've got to be sober and looking at the flaws of your team. First of all – you don't make moves that they don't improve you. That That's number one. You don't make moves just to make moves? No, I don't think they should do that. But I think they might do that. I think if you keep the big three, then you're going to be making moves to just to move the, the, the seats. If you keep the, the big three the intact, Titanic. if you keep Vooch and Zach and, and DeRozan intact, my sense would be that you're going to add because you stubbornly believe that this team can take you somewhere. You could add a point guard. You know, we saw the rumors. They're looking at these different guards. Yeah. And um, and maybe that makes you better. I just don't know how much better you're going to get. And I don't know if you can sacrifice much more of your future worrying about whether or not, you know, these guys are good. If you got, like – Those rumors are it? a tell, though, aren't they? Those rumors are a tell in that – If you got Dame Lillard, 
maybe oh, you geez. became a completely different team. Yeah, like that, if you could pull that what, off. But what would you give up for him? I would give up the well, the bean, um, <laughs> my first rounder. I, I would give up a lot for Dame Lillard. Uh, I would give up anything that they would ask wouldn't for. Wouldn't be awesome if oh. you if you could give up like the bean, like any kind of civic wouldn't treasure. It, so, yeah. it would move to you know a property Portland, of the city. We got the bean. Yeah, like that would be very funny. If you, you could, could have do that. complete zoo privileges. You can have parking downtown wherever you want. You traded the Art Institute exactly. for that? <laughs> what sculpture would you like? Well, the mayors are all involved anyway. Well, they're I think making, that would be cool. They're making their bets and they're <laughs> trading off cheesesteaks for Kansas City barbecue or whatever. I just think I, it, when I saw those trade rumors That's and funny. they're going after a point guard, your sense is that they're thinking about still winning this year or, comp- right. or, or maximizing – this yes. season, yes, and the assets they have on yes. hand. I agree. If they're doing that, then they're doing what I think, you know, is is one option. I don't know if it's it's the option, but they're impressed by what's happened. They believe in the core, and they want to add to that. There's, and you could call that stubbornness if you want, or you could call that consistency. However, you want to shape it, however you want to frame it or rationalize it, it looks like that is the direction I feel like they're leaning right now. Or else, why have these conversations about Mike Conley, for instance? If you're thinking about acquiring Mike Conley, horse champion, I think that you are talking about wow. <laughs> that you are talking about keeping this group intact and adding a veteran who could be an impact guy. In certain, uh, you know, he's still got something left. Mike Mike Conley's dad is from here. Yeah, Mike Conley's father played at Luther South, which is a very. Um, I mean, it was a it was a reasonable walk from where I grew up, and we used to go watch him play. He was like, he was an Olympic triple champ, triple jump champion. Is that what he was? He ended up being in the Olympics and a great Olympian. But in high school, he played hoops, and he was unbelievable. I mean, that guy, you know, a lot of Mike, Michael Conley's skills comes from his father teaching him. He was he jump out of the gym. I mean, he was an amazing. Still athlete. holds the Illinois triple jump record, fifty one feet eleven inches, set in nineteen eighty one. And did did he end up in the Olympics? Didn't he? Is it, can you see if he's an Olympic, um, let's Olympic see champion here? Mike Conley from Chicago Luther South, the Braves. Yeah, he is. I believe he's uh, an Olympian. Find out I remember here. being proud to have seen him in high school. Well, he was one of those guys that uh, obviously left an impact. Fantastic um, player. I will check. I, I, I was. I, I gotta Google him because he's. Uh, he earned an Olympic silver medal in the triple go. jump in 1984, and an Olympic gold in 1992. Get out of here! Event. Come on. Mike earned the world championship gold medal in 1993 as well. Olympic so, champion. Say that it is out loud. That is legacy in Chicago. There you a go. Chicagoan, a local guy made good, as you like to say, it's and true. I think that bringing his son to the Bulls. Perfect. Well, perfect symmetry, but look, let's be honest about what it would be. I don't know what his contract situation is. He'd be expensive. He's a veteran. He's a piece, and he is a commitment to the status quo. Costs a lot of money. He is a veteran. How old is he? He's got to be in his 30s. Um, he is um, He's a really dynamic, good young player. Well, not young anymore, but um, – we know he can shoot. We know he can run a team. He's had a great career. And we know that he can bank it from the free throw line if he wants to call bank and get that H on you. I'm telling you, he was great. You know what was the best thing about him? Like, you know, 
uh, Zach Levine, I'm sure he's got a better setup now, but he had a really cool setup in, like in the backyard. This guy had like a full gym in he his did. house. He had a full gym in his house. It was like, wow, that is pretty big time. It was like a big arse gym. I, I, I love his own personal gym. I love this local guy made good. The love we're giving Mike Conley. I do have to interject this little fact. He's thirty-five years old. Okay, I knew he was. I he's told thirty-five you, he's, years old, Molly. And he's not. He's not like it's not like he's six-five or anything. a lot of miles on those tires. How tall is he? He's he's, he's, he's six-one. Yeah, he's a point guard. He's yeah. he's a guy that can shoot. Thirty-five. It. He's a they guy got that a can really lead. good thirty-five-year-old point guard right now. <laughs> Get more of those guys. You're right, though. It's it's more of a commitment to the now. If you're getting Mike Conley, I don't know what you're giving up to get him, but in that case, you are saying that we think that we can do something this season. Otherwise, why bother? So, that was the Bulls they yeah, the in Bulls, Memphis listen, tonight. Great, great win for the Bulls. I don't want to sound like I'm not on board with it. Three-game winning streak, 500 tonight. Let's go. I mean, let's go. I can't wait to see what it looks like if Chuck – Swirsky can find a band at the United Center to dance to afterward. And did you see that video? You want to check that out on, on social media. Imagine what he can do in Memphis with all the musical possibilities where there. The, where the hell is Memphis? <laughs> Old song. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm all over it. Uh, but again, you got to bring your laser focus. Bring your laser focus. And it, for people that do keep track of such things, Chuck's Post-game dance last night might have been might have been the most exuberant of the season. Really? Just saying, yeah. He think, got uh, he got Andre Drummond fever. He did. Yeah. I, I mean, whatever it was, Andre Drummond, you know, that the fountain of youth that he drank from last night. He looked young. He looked dominant. That guy, double double. He he hadn't scored that many points in two years. That's his highest out offensive output since, I think, April of 2021. So it's been almost two years. 21 points, 15 boards. And I don't think he played more than 21 minutes, maybe. He's a point-a-minute guy. Yeah, that was unbelievable. 21 points, 15 rebounds. It's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good game for a guy off the bench. And it wasn't just – it was also exciting. It was, you know, I love a guy that's – Ready to tear down. I needed that. And you know what it also did? It gave me something else to watch other than Super Bowl night, opening night, whatever it was. Because there were some good interviews there. There were some things that were worth watching oh, there's a lot of on the that. NFL network. Yeah. A lot of nonsense, too. It was, I mean, the problem is with that event, and it's always been a problem. Like, you have people there that aren't actually trying to get information. They're putting on a show. Like, they're... You've got like celebrities trying to jump in and interview, like, yeah. and everyone's supposed to. Like, you're just trying to. It's their turn, the type of thing. Yeah. Who's the most? Before we break, who's the most outrageous person you've interviewed on Super Bowl Media Day? Well, I've interviewed or I've seen interviews. No, that you've interviewed. Oh, I, I, you know, that's. Do you ever interview anybody that outrageous? I, you know, I, I tend to want to talk football when I'm at I know, the Super Bowl, so no. But the first year that I covered a Super Bowl, I think I was assigned the, the, the color. You know, it was yes. one of these things where I had to go, and I, that's with the days where you sent right. several people to Super Bowls. You'd have like five or six. I interviewed Pick Boy. Who's Pick Boy? The guy who was like the Nickelodeon guy who wore the, the, the cape and the, the mask. And he was walking around interviewing people. So I had to interview him about interviewing others. And what was he doing there? And he was like a Nickelodeon star. 
Dustin knows who I'm talking about, I think. Pick boy. I know the name. Yeah. I was it was not my proudest moment I mean, as as yeah. a sports writer. I, I mean I I I no. I don't think I ever had like I remember seeing like downtown Julie Brown uh, 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 used no. to be at the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh Dustin, who was the guy the survivor guy? Was his name Gervais? Do you remember Gervais from the early Yeah, it that sounds pre- right. Yeah. It was pretty funny because he's a big Eagles fan apparently, so he was there trying to interview some of the Eagles whenever the Eagles were there. And um and whoever I was with was a Survivor fan and said, that guy did nothing on Survivor. He literally, like, just slept all day. Like, he was, like, mad at him for his Survivor performance. It was hysterical. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of people there, but mercifully, I haven't had to do the color story. I mean, that is tough to do. Biggest crowd last, biggest cheer last night from the crowd was for Mrs. Kelsey, the mom. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, that's that says everything, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean that, it's great. That, she deserves a round of applause. I, I love Travis Kelsey said that if his brother, if like his brother, his wife is like like ready to drop pregnant, like very pregnant, and so she's at the game with her, uh, with her doctor in case she goes into labor. I mean, imagine being her doctor. Yeah, I'll go. And um, I mean, you get to go to the Super Bowl and and hang out yeah. with with one of your patients. At any rate. Uh, his Travis said, "If Jason Kelsey's wife has a baby, then it's proof that we're all living in his matrix. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he a good is line. The Neo. Yeah. Well, that's about pr- pressure on that doctor. Yeah. You talk about clock management. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's, that's pretty pressure. good. <laughs> all right, we we've got the pick six next. We're going to tear apart all of the stories of the day. We'll talk more bulls for sure. It's Molly and Hodge, Chicago Sports Radio six seven of the score. Selling a little." Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. 
It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Did Andre Drummond's monster performance in the Bulls' win make him more likely to stay or go at the trade deadline? His minutes have been more inconsistent than his play, so how do the Bulls view it? Well, we should let you know this segment is brought to you by Finishing Chicago. All great finishes start with finishingchicago.com. Yeah, Andre Drummond had a monster game, no question about it. Um, I don't know that it should matter. I think that they need to have looked. I see. To me, I you know clearly Vooch and Drummond can't be on the floor at the same time, right? They just don't. It, it's you don't need twin towers or whatever way you want to look at it. So it's really neat to see two different styles of play from from one group to the next, and I bet that's pretty confusing for a team. But I don't know that Drummond has been that good. I do think he's more of a rim protector. He's more of a old-fashioned center, and uh, and he's a guy that could, if you were to move Vooch, he could move in and help you in uh, in that area. I don't know how consistent he could be. I don't know how much you'd miss the three-point shooting of Vooch and the kind of in-and-out game, getting the ball and running the offense through him. Uh, seems to help them a little bit when they do it. Problem is they don't always do it. They got to be reminded to do it. Um, but it, I guess I, I maybe I feel like you wouldn't miss a ton if you traded Vooch. That maybe I would be more likely to want to see them get anything for him before he hits free agency because I I feel pretty confident that I don't want him signed back here. I think you'd miss a ton. If you got rid of him, I, I just don't understand. And it, for those that want to, and I'm not saying that I'm jumping on this bandwagon, but those that want to question and or criticize Billy Donovan, I think this is something that it stands out to me is that his minutes have been down. They have been inconsistent. And when he has been given minutes, he has used them pretty well from, from where I sit on my couch, listening and watching to Bulls games. And I don't, in, in today's NBA, and I know you can tell me that he plays the same position, but I mean, outside of the point guard, and even that in today's NBA, I mean, it's a positionless game. Guys don't really play with their back to the basket anymore. I don't see why you couldn't tinker with Drummond and Vooch out there at the same time with a, a bigger lineup that included you know, Zach and DeRozan and then maybe Io or something like that. I'm just saying, you know, and if you if you are to trade Drummond, and I'm sure we can get into rumors and what's out there, right? But, like, what do you get back for that guy? I don't think you're going to get much at this stage of his career. He's 29. This is uh, his 11th NBA season, I believe. He's been playing since he was 19 years old. Billy Donovan insists that there are metrics that show him playing Derek Jones Jr. at the center position is better for you defensively. Okay, those are fine. But what Andre Drummond did last night was remind you of how dominant he can be in stretches. He looked like Shaquille O'Neal at LSU. He looked like a guy that was just dominating the paint, doing whatever he wanted. And he hasn't been doing that because he's not been given the chance to. Since January 13th, there have been 11 games. Five of those games, he has been a DNP coach's decision. Hasn't gotten off the bench. In the six that he has played, he's averaged about 10 minutes a game. 
he's highly productive last night. I think they can get more out of him. I don't think he's going to change the course of their season. I do wonder if it's going to change the course of their thinking. I don't like the idea of playing him with Vooch at the same time. I don't think they can do that. They're not athletic enough anyway. But I think last night, if they were leaning toward getting a – I don't think last night changed anything, but I think they're leaning toward keeping the, the, the group together – like it or not, ready or not, because I think that they're going to convince themselves that they can make a little bit of a run and with this team that when they play as they have in the last three games, they're pretty good. I don't know if I agree with that, but I do think that's probably the direction they're headed, so they're more likely to keep hold of Drummond than trade him. We'll ask Casey Johnson at 7 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a question we're going to ask management here today. Speaking of Casey Johnson, there was his voice. How do you feel about the various Bulls trade rumors, including reports that they're interested in Mike Conley, Bones Highland, Terry Rosner, and various deals? Well, I think Terry Rozier, Bones Highland, Mike Conley are guys that uh, two of the three are veterans. Highland is a young player. I'm not quite sure where, where he would fit in necessarily. But if they're looking to add a guard, that means they're not likely to dismantle. They need a point guard because Lonzo Ball is AWOL and will be likely for the rest of the year, or he's at least not going to be contributing. So this tells me that if there's a rumor out there that they're talking to these executives or, or talking about potential trade, they're going to add more likely than subtract. They're going to buy more likely than sell. They're going to go down the path, like it or not, ready or not, because they think that this group – needs an entire season together. I don't think that I would probably agree with that if I were running the Bulls because I probably would be fed up by now watching that every single night. But when you see Dragic on the court last night, when you see Drummond doing what he's doing, and you see the big three, certainly, I think this is a sign with these rumors that they're going to try to add and they're going to try to make a run. Well, I mean, just, just taking these guys kind of one by one by one, if you will. I, I mean, Terry Rozier, like, his numbers are pretty good. Like, what do you got to – I always – okay, sure. For what? Like, what do you what are you giving up to get him? You know, what are you giving up for a Mike Conley Jr.? Like, what is the – Future ask- consideration, money, a throw-in. He's, he's on a four-year, $97 million deal. He's making money. Oh right, I'm just I'm just curious what is is going back. I, I mean, here's the thing: if you think that the Nets are all of a sudden not going to be the Nets because of the fact that they now don't have Kyrie and, and maybe they're going to turtle or whatever, right? Uh, are the Bull could the best case scenario at the end of the season the Bulls are like the fifth seed if everything goes right and obviously they don't move anybody and there's no chance you're beating the Celtics or the 76ers or the Bucks. In a, in a series. So is is it worth getting to the postseason and gaining that experience, or is it better to hit reset? I think that's what's got to be answered in the next 48 hours. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with what you're saying, Dustin. You know, it's, you know what are they giving up? Who, who are they willing to trade? I mean, um, is Kobe White now a guy, even with restricted free agency in the offing, um, do you want to – Hang on to him, and is it restricted? Is he is he I, unrestricted? I think he's restricted, and he's I restricted. think I would be unwilling to part with Kobe White right. the way he's but, playing. But I'm saying, if if you're the Hornets and you're trading Terry Rozier, do you not want a guy, local guy, made good type move 
from, from wouldn't he be a guy you would want? Huge in Carolina. Yeah. Huge so in Charlotte. I, I just think that I, I think that I got to see what the deals are. I got to see who they're willing to trade and who they're not willing to trade before you know you go along with it. I I think there is a general feeling out there that they need to mix this up and they need to get better. Um, and, and I I agree with that. But I think they're all they're also kind of stuck because they don't have the the picks to give up to make some kind of move. And you know, it's funny. I had a, a friend text me yesterday. He's like, Alex Caruso's out of the lineup. Is he being traded? And I said, I think he sprained his foot. He's hurt. Dumb question: Is Lonzo Ball's contract tradable as far as a match for a salary? And with the understanding that he's unlikely to be a guy that you get anything out of. Do you think any team, if they're looking to shed sa- – I, I don't know the ramifications mm. there, but I wonder I, – I would imagine he's untradeable because there's no – what's the benefit of getting that guy? He's not going to come back. He, you don't – you know, the question is whether he'll play again. Yeah. He's missed a year and a half with a, an injury that was supposed Just to – thinking about how you absorb a $24 million I, yeah, contract I, I for next question. year. Different question on a different topic. All right. Any surprise that Eagles coach Nick Sirianni admitted that he's carrying a little bit of a grudge over the fact that Andy Reid did not retain him as the wide receiver coach in KC when he went there? Why did he admit it as a motivating factor in his career? Here's the quote. Do you always have a little chip on your shoulder? Sure. Yeah, you do. But that's who I am as a coach and as a person. I want to make sure I'm working my butt off to get as good as I possibly can. And sure, you hold on to some of those things. So why is Nick Sirianni admitting that, holding that grudge? Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting that he admitted that because, look, you know, you were on a staff that got fired and the new guy came in with his own people. Andy Reid, it's not like he doesn't have, you know, contacts around the league forever. He had been a, a head coach and in the NFL for a long time when he went to Kansas City. So, yeah, I, I don't think he's... I don't think he's going through every contract with a fine-tooth comb and, oh, there here's a hidden gem in Nick Sirianni. I, I think that it's just the staff gets changed. I think this is the same thing he's talking about with uh, Jalen Hurts. I think he's really embracing this idea that uh, that to be a competitor, you know, Michael Jordan is he wants to win. I want to win. Uh, Jalen wants to win. That's how we are. That's how we're built. We're competitors. And you always look at the other guy and, you know, imagine a slight or take it personal and it's going to make me a better person. I'm going to take this. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a terrifying thing to lose a job. It really sucks to get fired, uh, you know, where you feel like you're doing well and you deserve a good look and, you know, you feel like you didn't get it. That can be a motivating factor. I'm not surprised that he said it because it, it falls in line with the way he complimented Hertz and what in, in the way he has mentioned being a Jordan fan. You know, everybody uses different things to get through their daily lives and to get uh, an advantage at work or to, to, to motivate themselves to put one foot in front of the other. And if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. It, it is a little bit of potential um, bulletin board material, maybe, if you will. But he also went on to say, to be fair, like how much he appreciated like Andy Reid could have just been like, get out, you're done, like brought him in, gave him advice, 
talked him through it, said, listen, you've got a bright future, just not right now with this, you know, like you're a young guy still. You got your whole NFL coaching. He, he took the time to explain, like, what to do to get better at the job. So he did talk about that too last night. So just to, to be fair, which I'm usually not, but I, I, I'm all about using whatever you need to use, bulletin board material, chips on yeah. shoulders, uh, you know, do you think hurt feelings to motivate you to get through you your think, days? Do you think Nick Sirianni's conversation will now ignite Kansas City, a la the uh, Burrowhead? Is that what you're implying? No, not no, at all. not like that. And I know, I know where I you're going. Just, I know where you're going just, with that. I, but here, like, I am curious, and I think you guys, we, we've had a really good conversation from the end of last week to the beginning of this week. The value of head coaches, and yeah. I'm really curious when we talk to our guy on the ground from WIP, like what, you know, he's, he talks to Nick Sirianni, yes. you what know, does he do? daily three or four times a week. Yeah. Like what kind of a what guy is he? What, what do the players yeah. think of him? I I, I'm curious uh, to learn that end of it. That's a good, good point. I'm sure by kickoff Sunday that this image of Andy Reed rejecting Nick Sirianni, he will have slammed the door in his face in his memory. This is, this is what, this is what successful people do. I think. I don't know that I would advocate it, but I think it's natural and understandable. Show me a successful person, and I'll, and I'll find somebody with a chip on their shoulder. Everybody's got something. Everybody's got someone. Everybody's got a pivot point in their career where they can re think back to, like, okay, you doubted me? How do you like me now? And I think that, yeah, you're, I kid you about being well-balanced. You have a chip on both shoulders. That's right. And I think sometimes we, you have to use that. So I, that – Nick Sirianni strikes me as, and this is totally unfair, I have a ton of respect for what he's doing. He strikes me as an ordinary football coach doing extraordinary things. And that's great because the league is full of those guys. That's also, when you reach a level of success, you have to have a, an element of, of an overachiever in you. He is that to me. When he admitted this, when he saw this, when I read this, everything fit perfectly into place. Hey, look, Andy Reid's going to the Hall of Fame. He's on the other sideline. You think he's not motivated by the fact that he's playing against a team that fired him 10 years ago? Absolutely. This is sports. This is successful people finding an edge. This is what you do to get ahead in life, I think. And Nick Sirianni has done just that. Yeah, I mean, I think you answered your own question. The Vikings hired former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores as their new D.C., putting Flores in charge of a unit that was considered the NFC Norse champion's weakness. How big of an impact will that hire have on the Bears in the division where every defensive coordinator now will spend the offseason with stopping Justin Fields as one of their top priorities? Dare I say, at the risk of overstating it, this will be the biggest offseason move in the NFC North. The Vikings hiring Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator will be the most significant move that any team makes in terms of adding to their staff or possibly to their roster depending on what happens in free agency. Brian Flores is there to make sure the Packers don't catch up again and pass the Vikings again. He's make sure that the Bears stay in their place and to stop the Lions' resurgence. And you know what? He's qualified and equipped to do just that. They got the most qualified assistant coach on the market. He, according to some reports, initially initial reports, turned down a chance to take the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job to go to the Vikings to be their defensive coordinator. I applaud Vic Fangio. I love the guy. He's 64 years old in Miami 
Maybe he is the most impactful hire. I don't know. But Brian Flores is going to change the Minnesota Viking defense. He's going to instill a nastiness in a culture that they lack defensively. And I think that this is this is not great news for Justin Fields fans because it just made it harder for him to get to that next step. Not that he can't, but it's going to be a more cha- bigger challenge now that Brian Flores is calling defenses for the Vikings. The purple people eaters might be back. Yeah, he will definitely elevate their, their, that side of the ball for the Vikings. There's no doubt about that. But I can't get on board with he's the biggest offseason move in the NFC North. I mean, there is still a quarterback that plays north of the Cheddar Curtain, David, that we don't exactly know. Is he staying or is he going? Well, if that he stays, will be, it's not a move. Well, I, I know. But, but, but if he leaves, it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's monumental. So let, let's just... You know, let's just tap the brakes. Okay, let let's see. Let let's see what the Bears bring in. Let's see what the Bears bring in in free agency. Okay, let's see what kind of pieces uh, Ryan Poles buys to give to uh, Justin Fields. And maybe this move, maybe this move, makes it even more urgent for the Bears to make moves on offense. I I, I like that. Maybe maybe this is like okay, you know, checkmate. You know, okay, you do this, I'm going to do that. We'll have to wait and see, but yes, it's a it's a big move, and I I shook my head as I uh, as I saw that note yesterday. I got to tell you, the thing about Brian Flores, he's forty one years old. He is super aggressive as a defensive play caller. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play some man uh, in the defensive backfield, and they're gonna come after the quarterback, and they are gonna be hugely aggressive, and he will blitz you, and he is just a it, it is a huge improvement. Ed Donatel, I got a lot of respect for, and I think he's he's done well over the years. But he's also a bend-don't-break guy. And I think that the mentality on defense, whenever you get aggressive on defense, that's a huge plus for defensive players. So I think that they're going to be improved dramatically on the defensive side of the ball. And um, I, I got a lot of respect for Brian Flores. I think he's going to have a big impact. It's going to really help the Vikings in an area where they've been terrible. They got all the offense you'd want, and they've done very well in that area. But their defense has been a liability, and I don't think it's going to be anymore. I think they're going to be more aggressive, and I think they'll they'll add some players too. I think that that's part of the reason a guy like him would go there, and they'll he'll know what t- kind of players he wants, etc. And he's been calling defenses for at least four or five years now, so. He's got experience at a young age, and, and they'll be good. It'll be a challenge for the Bears, and I agree with you. They need to answer that uh, call and get significantly better as a football team. Oh, boy. Good question. That's the voice of Dave Wanstead. He'll be here at 745 this morning. According to The Athletic, the Chargers would save $14.8 million by releasing veteran wide receiver Keenan Allen, a five-time Pro Bowler with 796 career catches. He turns... 31 in April. How closely should the Bears monitor this situation as well as the situations involving other aging wide receivers who might get cut loose like Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins? I want all those guys. I I think all those guys belong here. Pick them all up. Pay them all. You got money. I, I mean, I got no problem with adding any of those guys. I think all three of those guys are better than anybody the Bears have on their roster. So I don't care about their age or their their price tag, let's go. Yeah, sure, let's go. It's not our money. It's the McCaskey's money. It's Ryan Pohl's money to they spend, got like $100 I million. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Um, 
I, you know, Keenan Allen, I would take him third of this list. If, if that's, if those are the three I'm picking from, he would be third. I, I, you know, Mully, you always say it, availability, right? A guy spends a lot of time in the, in the blue tent, spends a lot of time in the tub. Okay. The you powder know. blue tent. So who's better, Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins? That's a great question. I think DeAndre Hopkins is probably better. I'll take Mike Evans. But, but I, I might take, take Mike Evans because he's a little younger. But, but I had yeah. a buddy who called him the pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. I like that, too. Now, what about the – who was it you guys will remember? Who was it that said that wide receivers don't want to come to Chicago? Moose and, Muhammad. And, no, <laughs> where wide receivers go to die? Yeah. But, no, there was a, there was a, recently somebody oh, said – LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. Oh, we played the audio. We used the audio. You know, like, I mean, do you think that's fact or fiction? Fiction. I think, Fiction. I think uh, Shady learned that from Dave. Dave coached him in uh, the pit. We'll ask Dave. It maybe it's fact. Uh, it I, might be fact. The thing is, it though, might be fact. You, you you don't want to come to Chicago There's because no of a lot Chicago. of reasons. You don't have a passing offense to speak of. The weather might scare you away. I don't know what the case may be. I I, I gave myself. I, I stopped short of, of agreeing with everything and every name because I listened to what. Boomer Siason had to say in the afternoon show yesterday. I heard that driving in, and he made a good point. Some of these guys might not be the greatest influences at this stage of their careers, and they might be might not be as productive as the reputation suggests. DeAndre Hopkins might not be a, a guy you want after he's targeted three times in a 31 to 5 or 15 loss or whatever. You know, you know what I mean? He, he might not be a greatest culture guy. Same with Maybe I don't know about Keenan Allen. I don't know about Mike Evans. These are guys that I, I would probably take a chance on. Would you trade for T. Higgins? Yes, I would trade for yeah. T. Higgins because it's different. He's younger. He's big. He would give you a bigger They're target. Big. He'd give you a chance of having a receiver to pair with Justin Fields, not just for the next year and a half or two seasons, but somebody you could envision when you actually are good enough to play in a postseason game. Then maybe you have the receiver that you overpaid for in this offseason or traded for once you get more draft capital and the quarterback that you think that you can win with. So I'm of these three, I'm probably Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, and I'm, I'm soured on, on Hopkins a little bit just because of reputation and availability. This will be a pick six. There's your ball game. In what could be interpreted as his most telling comments yet on a potential trade, Blackhawk star Patrick Kane said this. I think there's definitely uh, opportunities out there that are intriguing and, and could be exciting. So, yeah, kind of see. Did you sense a change in the tone or not? Has something changed? What do you think? I did sense a change in the tone. I don't know if I'm looking for it because we're getting closer to that March deadline, which seems like it's way further off than it needs to be. Patrick Kane might have done a little bit of ex exploration with his agent and talked to different people. He said he talked to Duncan Keith about changing teams. There's one reason why you reference that is because D Duncan Keith did that successfully, and you might be you know, pondering that reality. But thank you to CBS2 for that uh, video cut because it was telling to me that Patrick Kane called the possibility intriguing. He didn't sound like he resisted the idea or was even that conflicted as much as we heard from Jonathan Taze, as much as, frankly, we've heard from Patrick Kane in the past. I think this now feels like it's inevitable, and that doesn't bring any joy to me. I think you're going to miss Patrick Kane if you still watch the Blackhawks as I do. I just think that this, they're going to act in a way that reflects everything else that they're doing, and they're trying to get to the bottom fast. And right now, they're the second-worst team 
in the league. If you trade Patrick Kane, if you get rid of Jonathan Tays, you're doing everything you can to be the worst. Yeah, I think the tone, he, he sounded like there was a pep in his step, if you will, in his voice, right? You heard a little excitement there. But it always goes, okay, sure, move, move Patrick Kane for what? You know, what, what? What is it for? And what does it get you? And how do you as the Blackhawks get better without having Patrick Kane here? I, I, I don't like the idea at all unless he is super – listen, they're in, they're in last place with Patrick Kane. So hopefully the tanking that they're doing to get this unbelievable prodigy, wouldn't you like to see him and Kane eventually play together? And then maybe that would be worth all this pain and suffering for Blackhawk fans? Um, yeah, that, that uh, you know, trade him and then sign him as a free agent, right? He's, he's got an expiring contract. You get Connor Bedard and then you, you bring back Kaner to kind of sit with him a little bit. That sounds like a plan, right? Uh, I... I I think that the time has come. You know, you love players that won three cups that have been as successful as they've been, that, you know, you, you draft a guy number one overall and he lives up to it. Wouldn't that be great, Bears? And uh, and I think that uh, what can you say about Jonathan Taves? I mean, greatest captain in Chicago history, greatest leader of, of any player on any team. I mean, that kid... From, like, age 19, he was the most mature guy on the ice. <laughs> it's just extraordinary what, what he did and the sacrifices he made and filled in all the blanks whenever needed on, uh, on this team. So I think you, you try to do what you can for them at this point. You try to give them a nice exit. It'd be great for Kaner to go someplace and win another Stanley Cup or, or be in the conversation for it. Those guys are – they're always going to be – Blackhawks. They'll go down forever. It's great Black Blackhawks. You know, arguably by the time they're done, you know, we'll be having conversations about who's the greatest Blackhawk player ever. But uh yeah, you you do what you can to make sure they can get out if they uh, so desire. All right, we've got the uh extra point next. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven to score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on six seventy the score. All right, guys, what's your reaction to Tom Brady, who received a reported 10-year, $375 million contract from Fox, the most lucrative contract in sports broadcasting history, will not move to the booth until 2024? Brady told Colin Coward it was about preparing himself. Take some time to really learn, become great at what I want to do, become great at, you know, thinking about the opportunity and making sure I don't rush into anything. Not moving to the booth until 2024? Oh, please. He is not going to spend all that time preparing to be a broadcaster. It is not brain surgery. You're not trying to remember things and memorize where to, you know, make this incision or where to tighten this bolt. It's not anything that he doesn't know. This is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's got to study football? No. He's leaving his options open. He is, he is allowing himself the possibility that he's going to miss football in a way that he can't predict right now. And this is the door opening a crack, maybe even more than that. Maybe the door is ajar now. And he's allowing himself the possibility of returning to play quarterback for someone in 2023. 
Otherwise, what are you waiting for? Get in the booth. Tell me what you see. Be entertaining and look like a million bucks. You're Tom Brady. You don't need to study football. Come on. Well, I, I know I said it, but Dan Weeder said it with you guys, too. I think Dan was on either the day or the day after that this announcement came down, and he said, I'll believe it in August when Tom Brady's not on a roster. You know what? This, this My first initial reaction was, oh, okay, he's not going to be in the booth this Sunday or part of the coverage, which I think is a mistake. He should be part of the coverage, but that that's neither here nor there. But then I read it again, and I thought, wait, wait a minute, wait, hold on. It's 2023. He's now talking about taking a whole year off. I, I, my, the, my, my, the, the, the meter went up. Okay? okay, kids call that a gap year. Yeah, the, the meter went up. So, something's going on. Okay, he's leaving the window open to be a football player again next year. As David, he doesn't need. I don't want him to take it a year removed. I think makes him a worse broadcaster. He needs to get right into this right now. He's a divorced man who wants to take some time to, you know, live a life he's never had before. Right? I'm totally joking. No, I, I, I agree with you. There, there is no way this doesn't leave open the possibility of a return to football. And it's the kind of thing that Tom won't announce right away. It's the kind of thing. He's not ready to go into the broadcast booth is what he's telling you. Not that he needs to learn how to broadcast. I'm sure he's totally comfortable in his understanding of the game. He's forgotten more about football than a lot of people are know. I just think he's going to take a year off and decide whether he wants to play again. And I think this leaves open the possibility that Tom is going to come back to the NFL. It's crazy to me. He's got a 10-year, $375 million deal, and he's not ready to get into it yet. So it still sits there. It hovers and, yeah, I'll be there, you know, 2020. It, it's crazy. It's absolutely hilarious. Who benefits from this most? Who's the team out there that heard that and like, oh, okay, okay, maybe. You know the team. <laughs> There's no way it isn't that team. I saw he was on uh, his uh, podcast, um, uh, Let's Go with Jim Gray, and they they – Larry Fitzgerald does half the show. Mm -hmm. They just did Tom. And he had Peyton Manning on. He had uh, Bill Belichick on. Bill Belichick, who told him he was the greatest player ever. And uh, and he had his folks on. Didn't you think that was fascinating to have Belichick on and the tone that he spoke with? Unbelievable. It, it removed any kind of doubts that yes. people might have had or... Or removed any sort of question that people might have had about the relationship there? And he said a lot of people question whether we're tight. We talk all the time. We're good friends. Yeah. I, I, I don't almost, know that I believe I, that I, I don't know that I like either, either guy that much. I've never really fully embraced the whole idea of Brady. I've never really uh, or the, been Mormon fuzzy about Belichick. But hearing that, you did have a good feeling like, oh, these guys really do get along. Yeah, they achieved a lot together. It's a nice thing to see happen. All right, there we go. That is the pick six. What do you think? 312-644-6767. I also think Greg Olson benefits from this big time. Oh, well, Greg Olson, I think, did a very good job of establishing himself as the number one guy at Fox. Give him another year. Give him another year. Maybe Tom isn't. Uh, exactly. Maybe maybe the 10375000 is not there for him. Who That's going to look like a, a 
silly investment when Greg Olson emerges next year as the best analyst in the game. I like it. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And the pass recovered by Derek Jones Jr. Turn around now, another pull down rebound. And a dunk for Andre Drummond. Put him in the hall. Put him in the hall of fame. Timeout San Antonio. It's the Andre Drummond Show at the United Center. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score, Andre Drummond had, had himself a night. He, Mr. Uh, Drummond, indeed. Played well, yeah. What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, that's nice. It's uh, Brandon playing that in the back. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate that reference. That's very funny. You're way too young to make it, but I appreciate the spirit of the occasion. Andre Drummond was Andre the Giant. Goodness sakes. Dominant. And now what? Now do you trade him? Now do you play him? How do you explain? Look, I am as big of a Billy Donovan guy as as there is. Where's he been? Is that yeah? yeah. The, I was I was really surprised until you actually look it up since January 13th in the 11 games since the fact that he's had five DNP coaches decisions at the sake of Billy Donovan wanting to play Derek Jones Jr. at the five. Is that smart? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's smart. Um, I do think though that, um, there are reasons, you know, those two guys don't, he and Vooch don't play together. They they can't. It's just, it it puts the bulls at a disadvantage. They're already at a disadvantage because most teams can make three pointers and the bulls struggle in that area. So they run the offense through Vooch early in games, they've really gotten to that point. And he's done – he's had a really good year, and he's done a really good job. And uh, you want him on the floor. Um, and he's been their primary guy. Uh, I just think that when you look at uh, – it's not like Drummond's – he had a great night against one of the worst teams in the league. Fair. Okay? So, That's so fair. it's not like he's – I don't know that he's capable of doing that on a night-to-night Let's basis. not forget – Vooch played 24 minutes and had 22 points played well. and 12 rebounds. He had his own double-double. Didn't need to play the fourth quarter. That was a blowout. The Bulls ran away with it against the Spurs team that looked like a G League outfit last night. They really night. did. They really did. Young team. The Notre Dame um, uh, product, Blake Wesley, was playing a little bit more last night. South Bend product. Good to see him back in the mix after an injury. Kind of slow down his rookie year. But that team has a long way to go. As for the Bulls, I'm not sure you can play long stretches of time with Drummond and Vooch at the same time. But I do wonder where this is going, and I do wonder how it affects their thinking heading into the trade deadline. I will say this. Andre Drummond, I didn't expect him to take what's happened to him as well as he has, at least publicly. He said everything that you want a veteran to say about his reduced minutes. Last night he talked about being grateful just to be in the league. Whatever they want, he's going to take it like a pro. Other players complimenting the way he's handled his inconsistent minutes. That's a team guy, Mully. And I think maybe he's saying because he maybe wants to be traded. We don't know. He says no. He loves the Bulls fans. But you wonder deep down, is he looking for a team that will give him a bigger chance to play? Yeah, I I, uh, I wonder about that too. But I I think that his style of basketball is passe in the NBA. 
I don't think there's a lot of teams out there looking for uh, the game that he brings. And it's a pity, really, but that is the change in the league more than anything else. And, and, and it, you know, honestly, um, Greg Popovich talked about it before the game, and it was, you know, like the man was reading tea leaves and understood what was going to happen in that game, the way he talked about it. He, he talked about um, he did a really good job of kind of breaking down the way that things um, go for a team like his. Um, you know, he, he said that the three-point shoot, he made a joke that, you know, they should have a four-point or a five-point shot so we can make it a total circus. He says it's boring and the basketball isn't the same anymore. And he said that, um, and I thought this was pretty interesting, he said that the analytics tell you that you need to be a three-point shooting team and that when you, you know, he said they go through games and they will have, you know, more points on the break, more free throws, and they will uh, have uh, more shots, but they'll hit seven threes and their opponent hits 14 and they lose. Well, that's the modern NBA, NBA, as you say. And you look at the Bulls and you apply that logic to their roster, and that's why when we talk to guys like Cody Westerland, as he pointed out last Friday, and as he wrote on 670score.com, the roster configuration of the Bulls reflects a team that is maybe dated, one that is a throwback, exactly. uh, a mid-range team that doesn't have exactly. a th- enough three-point threats. When you look at the roster, you've got Zach in the starting lineup. You've got Kobe White coming off the bench. Who else is going to hit the three consistently? I don't know that you want Vooch taking as many threes as he takes. Okay, so so they won that game by a score of um, what was the final? One twenty-eight to one hundred four. One twenty-eight. So they they won by twenty-four points. Guess what their three-point shooting was? The Bulls, twenty-four point winner, six of twenty-two. This is this uh, as great as that is. Yeah, as dominant as they were. They they didn't do it from the three point range, and they and they they and aren't built to. They aren't built to because they don't have those kind of shooters on their roster. Maybe that's what they're trying to add on Thursday. It was only their second twenty plus uh, point victory of the season. Right. Everything that they have gotten, and they haven't gotten much. They're one game below five hundred still, but it has is come the hard way. Yeah. This team doesn't do anything easily, and so every game seems to be a struggle. Last night against a a tough. You know, limited Spurs team, they, they took care of business. But with this Bulls group, you can never assume that. They have oddly played well against the best teams in the conference and struggled against the sub-500 team. So last night, maybe maybe after three straight victories, they're on to something. Goran Dragic said something they referenced during the broadcast that I thought was interesting about, well, when he's been on teams that have had three stars before, sometimes it just happens in the midst of a season. Sometimes you start to feel something click, and he felt like this might be that time for the Bulls. We'll wait and see. Sounds good now, but I don't know. I I just, again, I think that the flaws on the roster are the flaws on the roster. How do you change them? You bring in someone that can do something that you can't normally do. You bring in someone that can help you. You know, Andre Drummond, it is a distinct possibility that he could be among the pieces moved on Thursday. It, you know, it, it is. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily look at it and say that he won't be. And I. I do think they're going to have a harder time moving any of the big three, which would be. So to me, 
These are like small moves that might improve them a little bit. I doubt they're going to make any kind of um, earth-shattering move that will change them to a point where we think about them differently. I'm less certain now than I felt last week before this three-game winning streak, and I know that they likely are unmoved by this. At right. the same time, I I don't know why, but it feels as if it's it's – I don't expect – if they had lost three in a row, there would have been no doubt, right? They would have had to gone in and just change for the sake of change. Now they can maybe – this allows them to perhaps justify adding or justify being a buyer rather than a seller if they need a reason to justify that. We don't know what he's thinking because AK uh, is the international man of intrigue and keeps very everything close to the vest. Again, in their last um, 76 games, they've gone 34 and 42. Do you think last year's valid? To this season? Yes. You think it's related to that? I think they started falling apart last year, and it hasn't improved. They haven't gotten better, and they made some moves. So tell me why it wouldn't be related. Uh, only because – It yeah, underscores that the way they're enough. currently constituted. Yeah, fair enough. Losing team. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that last year, because they add, the, the players that they added, they didn't add much in the offseason. They added Mr. Drummond, yes, and they added Mr. Drummond. Dragic. Um, the distinguished gentleman and Mr. Drummond. <laughs> he is a distinguished gentleman. Both those guys. Both those guys. We'll talk to KC about it next. We're going to bring in KC Johnson, our Bulls expert, and we'll ask him about the trade deadline and what he's hearing and could there be a big move? Are they operating so far under the radar that no one knows that they're on the verge of something glorious? We'll uh, we'll talk to KC Johnson next. Mullion Hall on the score. What you talking about, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.